Hey, everybody. Hey, it's Brooks here. I'm sorry I can't be with you. I'm in Montana. Once a year, I get to get away with some other leaders and pastors. And um, that's where I'm at right now. And so I don't get to be with you. But Courtney Brooks gets to speak this morning. Courtney leads all of our children's ministries and our middle school. And she's doing a fabulous job. And I'm bummed that I'm missing it this morning. But she gets to... uh, to open up the scriptures with you guys this morning, and I'm so glad she gets to do that. She's going to do a great job. So give it up for Courtney Brooks. Uh, you know, when he uh, first asked me to do this, I was like, you're not even going to be there, like, to listen? But then later someone was like, well, then at least you don't have to watch his like facial expressions and like him covering his eyes or walking out of the room and that would just be a lot worse. So at least this way he can listen online and give me his notes later. Uh, But to say that I was nervous is the biggest understatement I've made in my entire life. So what I tried to do to make myself feel better was look up public speaking disasters. So I figured if I, like, heard about other people's situations, then I would feel a lot better if I, like, tripped over the stage or forgot all my notes. However, I actually had one of my own public speaking disasters to share with you all instead. And uh, the first time I met Kylie Anderson on sound, he, I was during this public disaster, and he reminded me of it later. And so I was asked to do announcements at a different church and got up there, and I had written down everything that I needed to say. And I had practiced, like, not only practiced, but, like, in front of people. We had done run-throughs. Like, announcements was a big deal, and I was so nervous that we had taken this to, like, a whole new level, that we're, like, creating scripts and roles and everything. So I should have been great. And then I get up front, and I had never had more of a deer in the headlights moment in my entire life. Like, all I remember is standing there, and it's pitch black, and there's just one light in front of me. And all I wanted to do was walk into it. I just wanted to walk into the light and let it be over with. But it wasn't. And I, like, kept looking behind me to, like, see the screen, but it was blank. And I kept looking at my notes, and all I had was a blank piece of paper. Like, there was nothing else on it. And then I get down later and I look at my notes and I'm like, oh, it was literally all written here. I just don't know how to read. So thankfully, this should be nothing like that. So it can only go up from here. (laughs) So what I'm most excited about today, you guys, is to talk to you about Jesus. I love Jesus. Whenever I start Kids Church, I always ask kids, what is my favorite thing in the entire world? And I have most of them trained to yell, Jesus because it's my absolute favorite thing. And every week I get to go back there and I get to share with them a story about something that I'm super, super passionate about. I usually promise them that if they behave really, really well and listen, I'll only speak for 10 minutes. 10 minutes if they listen really, really, really well. Because we're working on respect. I respect them, they respect me. I always go over. There's always some kid that's timing me and he like raises his hand, like, you're at 11, you're at 15, you're at 35. Just kidding, I've never done that. So, well, I probably have. Eventually I stopped listening. But I always go over because I love it and it's so much fun and it's so great. And so I'm most excited to just sit with you guys and talk about Jesus and give you a taste of what we do back in kids and with middle schoolers because it's the greatest thing in the entire world. So when I thought about it, I'm like, I don't really know how to talk to adults. 
I don't really know what to say. I don't really know what they like or what they do. I know a lot about middle schoolers. We talk all the time. And when I talk to middle schoolers, they use a lot of words like loneliness, rejection, isolation. Maybe not that one. That's kind of what I pick up from it. They feel misunderstood. They feel like no one likes them. They feel left out. They know what it's like to walk in a room and have all of their friends stop talking and feel like it's about them. But then I thought about it. I'm like, adults feel like that too. Grown-ups, adults, we know what it's like to walk into a room and have everybody stop talking, and immediately we feel like we're in middle school again. It's like, they were so talking about me. We know what it's like to be lonely. We know what it's like to be in a room full of people and have nobody know us. Nobody understand us. There's a story in the Bible, it's my absolute favorite, and it's the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a ton of things, besides being one of my favorite people in the Bible. In Luke, it describes him, and it kind of paints a picture, and it tells us a little bit about him. We know he's really, really short. I don't know why it felt like that was super important to say. But it also says that he's a chief tax collector. What we know about tax collectors is that they worked for the Roman government and they were one of the most hated people. Because tax collectors had to give a certain amount of money to the Roman government. So they would go to the people and if they needed to give $20 to the Roman government, they would take $40 from the people and they would pocket 20 of it. Or $50 or $60. And so the chief tax collector, he had tax collectors working for him. So they had to give a certain amount of money to him, and then he had to give a certain amount of money to the Roman government. So then his people underneath him, they would take like $100, and then Zacchaeus would pocket a bunch of that, and then he would give it to the Roman government. So he was not a well-liked guy. And he made a lot of mistakes. And I'm not promoting his behavior here. This is not a lesson about how to steal money. It's not what we want to talk about. But we all know that people who make mistakes, and especially working with middle schoolers, the kids who cause the most trouble are usually the ones that feel the most alone, that are the most broken, that hurt the worst. So when I look at Zacchaeus, I don't just see a guy that made a lot of mistakes, and that was a thief, and a snitch, and a bully, and a traitor, and all the other words and labels that we could put on him. I also see somebody that was probably hurting, that felt invisible and judged, that felt lonely and isolated, that even with everything he had and everything that he did, he didn't have any friends. He felt misunderstood. He was broken and in pain. So I want to dig into the story a little bit more. So we'll start in Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. So we're going to keep going. He tried to get a look at Jesus. So Zacchaeus is this rich guy, and he hears that Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is this guy that draws huge crowds, really big crowds. People come because they want to hear about Jesus. He's the one that sees the broken ones, the outcasts, the ones on the side, the poor people. 
the ones that are forgotten, rejected, and invisible. He reaches out to the sick. All Zacchaeus knows about Jesus is that he seems to love the unlovable. Zacchaeus is like, I just want to see him. I just want to see Jesus. So, he tries to get a look at Jesus, but he's too short to see over the crowd. So he runs ahead and climbs a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by. Because I work with middle schoolers, I like physical demonstrations, but it was really hard for me to get a sycamore fig tree from the Middle East. So Amazon Prime does not deliver that. It does deliver a lot of other things in two days. But this is what I have. So Zacchaeus climbs the tree. It could be that he climbed the tree because he was too short and that's it. He just couldn't see and he was too short. But it could also be that Zacchaeus climbed the tree because nobody liked him. Because he was in a crowd of people that he didn't want to be seen. That he wanted to see Jesus, but he didn't want people to see him. That maybe he was embarrassed Maybe he felt like people would judge him. What are you doing here? This is Jesus. You don't belong here. It's possible that he just didn't want people to know that he cared about Jesus. We have no idea. So it is possible that he just climbed the tree because he's really, really short and he couldn't see over the heads. But it's also possible that he climbed up into that tree because he had feelings, because he was a person, because he just didn't know what else to do. He wanted to get a look he just didn't want other people to be a part of it. He didn't want them to see him, and he didn't want to see them. So he climbs up into the tree, and he's hiding out. And then we keep reading. Jesus starts to get closer and closer. Maybe Zacchaeus starts to notice that he's, like, walking in his direction. And he sinks a little bit more into the tree. Sycamore fig trees have really, really, really big leaves. And their trunks are super short, so you can crawl up there really easy and hide. But Jesus gets a little bit closer. Maybe Zacchaeus starts to hold his breath. This is is Jesus. This is a guy that everybody is talking about. So then, verse 5, Jesus came up, and he looks right at Zacchaeus, and he calls him by name. Zacchaeus, he says, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus climbs down and took Jesus into his house with great joy and excitement, great excitement and joy. I think something changed in Zacchaeus's life that day. I think something changed for Zacchaeus. We don't really know what it is, right? Later we read that Zacchaeus gave back money to everyone that he wronged, all of those people. And not only did he pay them back, but he actually gave them four times the amount he had taken. Something changed for Zacchaeus. And I think it was three things. It's probably more, but they said I only had 30 minutes. So we'll see. First, (laughs) Jesus sees Zacchaeus. He sees him. He knows exactly where he is. Zacchaeus who was hiding in a tree, so he couldn't see anybody else and so he couldn't be seen. Jesus sees him. He knows where he was hiding. He knows where he was at. Whether he was hiding because he was embarrassed, 
or he just couldn't see, we don't know. But Jesus sees him anyway. What the story tells us is that he's short and he has a lot of money. But what we get to imagine is the kind of person that Zacchaeus was, the feelings he has, whether he felt isolated or alone, whether he felt invisible, hated or despised, whether he felt misunderstood or maybe self-conscious. Whatever reason that he crawled up into that tree, whatever reason he was hiding out, Jesus sees him anyway. Second thing is that Jesus knows Zacchaeus. I learned a lot about, I learned a lot from working with middle schoolers. Probably more than I should. But over time, you start to pick things up. You learn about body language, and you learn what they're really saying, and you like pick up on this whole other like private language that doesn't really make any sense and they think they invented it but it's actually like we used all those words too when I was in middle school and so it's really not that unique but anyway you learn a lot and the one thing that I think is most important as a leader is to know who needs me to go to them and who needs me to be too cool so that they can come to me on their own terms because there are kids like that when I worked in a middle school, I ran this like, program for bullies. And so kids that had trouble like acclimating in classrooms, they all went in this and we hung out at lunch and everything. And there are kids that just instantly will like attach to you like no other. They just, they wanna be with grownups. They wanna be with adults. They wanna be with people who care about them. But then there are the ones who want to make sure that you are who you say you are and that you're not going anywhere. And if you just run right on up to them and pretend to be their best friend, it does not fly. And so I had to be cool. This girl, Brooklyn, I had to be real cool. Sometimes I wouldn't even talk to her. And then after a few weeks, she'd be like, hey, nice shoes. And then just like keep walking. Okay, okay, we're getting somewhere. And then a few weeks later, can you help me with my math? Yeah, of course. But you get there, like over time. There are some kids that you can just connect with and you go with and it's great. And then there are some that you have got to realize that you you gotta wait. They need time. I think that Jesus knew. I think Jesus knew that Zacchaeus had made it as far as he could. Zacchaeus wanted to know who Jesus was. He wanted an encounter. He wanted an experience. He wanted to meet Jesus but he had made it as far as he could. He wanted to see Jesus, and so he climbed up into that tree. But I think Jesus knew that Zacchaeus couldn't get any farther, so Jesus came to him. Jesus knows us. He knows the ones that are just there and are gonna be there for life. But then he also knows the ones that need time, that he's gonna go to the tree He's gonna go to the house, the skate park, the coffee shop, the workplace. Jesus knows, he knows how far we'll go and he is willing to go the rest of the way. So Jesus came to him. Zacchaeus couldn't get there on his own. 
Lastly, Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. This part is really important. Names mean a lot. When I was younger, my name meant I was in trouble. I knew exactly how much trouble, depending on what name I got called. If it was first and middle, which I'm not going to give to you guys because that will always come back to get me. If it's first and middle, then I knew I was in a lot of trouble. But if my parents were like blending all my, like me and my brother and my sister's names together, then I knew we were all in a lot of trouble because we had like very similar names. It was like Courtney, Kramer, Kelsey. And so that like just gets messed up real quick. But if they were like just trying to say it and just like whichever one you are, then I knew that somebody had really, really, really messed up. There's also, I think most of us have been in middle school or are in middle school right now. There's a way to like twist names, right? I have never had that happen to me. Shannon Hartley has twisted my name as an adult into all sorts of different things. <laughs> Zacchaeus's position as a tax collector made him not a very well-liked person. He didn't have very many friends. And we've been in middle school. We know what you can do. When someone is not liked, there's, I can't imagine because I'm not that clever, but I'm sure that there are a lot of things that you could do with the name Zacchaeus. Some of you guys could probably do it. I look forward to hearing them later. There's probably a lot of ways that you can twist that and turn that. Zacchaeus' name had been dragged through the mud. People had probably called him all sorts of different things. And then Jesus, in front of everybody, he redeems it. He restores it. He calls him Zacchaeus. Jesus, the one that everybody had come to see. Out of everyone, he calls Zacchaeus. And he calls him out, and he invites him to dinner. Zacchaeus' life was changed in that moment. Jesus saw him. Jesus knew him. And Jesus called him. He does all of those things in our life. I told you guys that I was so nervous to be up here. Jesus has this really crazy, horrible, annoying, beautiful habit of putting me in things that are too big for me, that are, I just feel so out of place. And yet, every single time, it's amazing. It's so great. Because he knows me, and he sees me, and he calls me. And the life that he offers, that moment, is not just for Zacchaeus. In kids' church, every time we talk about Jesus, we always tell them, we always remind them that the same Jesus that lived, the same one that saved Peter, that redeemed him, that brought the Holy Spirit, the same one that saw Zacchaeus, the same one that fed 5,000, that raised people from the dead, that Jesus, he is still alive today. In all of the things that he did in their lives, he still does today. He sees us in all the things that we do, in all the places that we are. 
whether we're hiding, whether we're faking it, whether we're pretending to be something we're not. He sees us behind the tree, behind the mask, right out in front. And he knows us. He knows how far we can go. And he's going to go the rest of the way. And then he calls us. There's so much power in a name. It's one of the most beautiful things ever. And we take it and we tear it down. But it was given to us to restore, to redeem. And in that, he not only calls us by our name, he calls us beloved. He calls us chosen. He calls us adopted. He gives us a million other words to have. Because I didn't really take 30 minutes. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to have Jenny come up and do some worship. And we're going to let all of our kids' teams out a little early. And they're going to be stoked. (laughs) (laughs) So it's okay. It'll be fine. Okay, I'm going to pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much that you love us, that you're for us. That as you work in Zacchaeus' life, you continue to work in our life. That you see us, and you know us, and you call us. Um, that you have created us to be yours. And that we get to do amazing things. And that that life is still offered to us now. In your name, amen.
miss you guys I want to let you know that the prayer team will be up here and be available if you have any um, thing that you would like prayer for feel free to come on up and can we just give a hand to Courtney and just thank her this morning awesome thank you so much for bringing the word and let's go and be the hands and feet of Jesus have a great Sunday